Hello, Downers. Welcome to another episode of Stand Down. I'm Daniel Reskin, aka Dando Rando, here on the exploration of the love-hate relationship that is stand-up comedy. Only a couple months late. Is there a late when you don't have a deadline? Today on the show, we have a special festival edition from the Chief Bicycle and Comedy Festival in Trinidad, Colorado. That was in April. I had not one, but two amazing guests who are veterans in comedy, and they had a ton to say about the ins and outs of stand-up comedy. There's a lot of self-deprecating humor. I poop on my own show quite a bit, and then inadvertently, accidentally are pooping on them as guests of my show, uh, which I will realize in real time. Uh, Another thing to realize is that I am a bit drunk, okay? I was a guest on the podcast before, Joke and Destroy, and a great podcast, check them out. But they got me drunk on the seltzers, and so I'm a little more excitable. I don't know if I quite ramble, but I definitely, I get lost in the thoughts a little bit. And looking back, I'm like, you should have just laughed and riffed and let them continue. And I don't realize just how much Ben is ready to leave 20 minutes before the podcast ends because it's the last night of the festival. Everyone wants to party, Ben especially. The podcast has run its course, but I keep him there for an extra 20 minutes. And uh, he begrudgingly spits out more and more wisdom. AJ full of wisdom. Both of these juicy boys are full of wisdom. Enjoy the wisdom of AJ Finney and Ben Kronberg at the Chief Bicycle and Comedy Festival. Oh my god, I got guests, I got an audience, it's an actual show, it's not the least popular show at the festival, everything's gonna be great, and that's actually quite perfect, because tonight's show is called Stand Down. We're here to stand up festival, yet Stand Down is a podcast that exists in the region that all other comedy podcasts ignore and pretend doesn't exist and pretend they can't see. Because most comedy podcasts talk about comedy inside baseball. They talk about how to succeed. They talk about how to make it in this game of comedy. But they don't quite talk about how the statistics actually rub out how many comedians there are and how much room there is for success at the top of this comedy pyramid. This shit is a numbers game, whether you are the funniest motherfucker in the world or you're just an open micer getting your feet wet in the world of comedy. So this Stand Down podcast is a place where we can unapologetically explore the love-hate relationship that is stand-up comedy in this unique freaking world, this weird thing that we do, uh, and talk about what makes some of the funniest people on earth stop doing stand-up comedy stop performing and just the ins and outs and one thing we have a special festival edition of the show today because we're here at the southwest chief bicycle first and comedy second festival here in trinidad colorado the gem of the caribbean that is southern colorado and uh thank you audience so happy to have you here a handful of comedians my girlfriend and her parents which lovingly came out tonight so i mean one might say almost unnecessarily come to a show that no one else has come to that you could have watched on the internet but we do appreciate everyone who's here and it's almost poetic to have a show about the dark side of comedy the realistic uh hesitations and uh, implications we all have But at a comedy festival where everyone has their best face forward, we're all seeing friends for the first time in forever, we're coming out of our corona holes to do comedy for the first time. There's a lot of fun comedy shit that's happening here. But for this festival show, I thought it great because most of my guests thus far in my 14 or 15 episode run have been people who I've known on my journey of comedy who have quit comedy because they're... There are so many funny people that quit comedy every day. I've interviewed people who have stopped and then restarted. I've interviewed people who have just considered pausing. And I think at a certain point, if you've done comedy long enough, something will happen in your life where you'll have to fucking stop or you'll have to fucking pause and you have to put it on a pedestal. And I've made my my guests, they're both uh, 
crying deeply into their <laughs> personal <laughs> kerchiefs right now. But the fun, th- the connection here is that these two guests have been doing comedy long enough to not only see the ins and outs of the crazy business, I'm breaking them down right now, um, but also to know so many hilarious, wonderful, endearing souls that have had to take themselves out of the comedy game for any number of reasons. What a fucking hard thing we're doing. Why is this fun and why is it so hard? Everybody, um, I'd love to welcome our two guests for this festival edition of Stand Down. We've got AJ Finney. Hello. And Ben Kronberg. These are two, we're, we're 10 plus years, going on 20 years probably with this crowd. We're going on 40 years of comedy, these people have been doing. Um, and uh, so happy to have you guys here. Welcome yeah. to the show. It seems interesting. Uh, the entire intro, I almost felt like we had been set up. These are two people that were handpicked that definitely want to get out of this game. Uh, <laughs> that's the dangerous thing I'm worried about. I'm like, I want to have you on. But let's make it clear. They're still bookable. They're doing comedy. Please book them. They're very funny. But they've just been in the game long enough to have some perspective. That's all. It does, it does seem kind of passive aggressive. <laughs> at this point nah. you know like not like not so much an intervention but like a suggestion yeah <laughs> so you guys gotta fucking get would out you, of the biz would you, honestly would you like to be on my podcast this is a way I'm asking you to stop doing what you're doing on stage <laughs> <laughs> I like I like the sentiment for sure I mean b- 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 besides the obvious uh blow to your career for being on the podcast. <laughs> uh, what <laughs> do you guys sympathize at all with this mentality? Cause I know there's even a certain comedian that it is a weakness to even consider the idea of quitting comedy because I'm a hustler and I'm fucking doing this comedy game and I'm into it. But I feel like that's a certain naivety that comes in only the first couple of years of comedy. Well, what can you say as uh, not so much grizzled, but veterans of the game? I think, uh, I can mention one thing about road comedy, I guess, um, that, uh, when I decided to get a day job to live like reasonably, <laughs> a normal like, human I had without to f- seven uh, yeah. roommates. Yeah. But I, I had to fight a, a constant, uh, voice in my head that was constantly saying, well, you can't stop. Like you can't stop working the road. Like you've done nothing but comedy for seven years. So at some point success is going to follow. Mm. Um, and then. When I moved out to Denver, eventually I wanted to move my wife out here. And I was like, oh, I should probably have a job to build some sort of stability and then move on. And when I talked to my manager at the time, she was like, a lot of comics have a day job. That's just part of it. But right. in my head, I was like, if I quit doing the road and start working, I'm a failure. Where do you think that mentality comes from? Like because it's such a, an all or nothing kind of a mentality. Right, but you're, you're, there's a race, right? So you're on this race. And at least from where I started in the Midwest, it was you start hosting, then you start featuring, then you start headlining. Then you're headlining one-nighters, and then you start headlining like C clubs to B clubs, and hopefully you get off nights at A clubs. And that never changes. Like nobody tells you that. Hmm. <laughs> like nobody tells you once you're out there, if you're not going somewhere to get like television credit or something else that you're just on this rat wheel trying to figure it out yourself, Mm. you know? Yeah, I've heard a lot that the weird thing about comedy is a lot of times what gets you to that next level is a TV credit. So to get better at stand-up comedy, you have to do not stand-up comedy to get better at stand-up comedy. And eventually, you know, the dream is to have an audience that knows you before you even open your mouth. They know your mentality, they know your jokes, they're ready to laugh. Right, that was and that it old... it becomes a different game, apparently. Yeah, I think that was that old Hedberg joke, right? Uh, maybe. Something about, <laughs> something about, like, they, they wanted him to be an actor. He's like, oh, so you're a stand-up comic, so you can act, or right. you, you're a farmer, so can you cook? Something like that. <laughs> sure. They're not necessarily yeah. related. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> With this whole podcast. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. This is the worst. I've never, I've made. never started a podcast, so I would never have to quit doing a podcast. Ooh, way to dodge a bullet. But Any I didn't, bullets. I didn't start comedy to to not quit com or to quit comedy or whatever. I think uh, uh, it's the taking the thing that you're doing so seriously that you would have to 
put up the politics of ending or quitting, right? Like that's why I don't necessarily believe in marriage. And if you're married, fucking have a good life. <laughs> My wife is in the room. I know your wife is in the room. <laughs> you just made a woman. That's in the first why row I cry. said that. Right. That's why I said it. But I, but I think like it's like when you're you know like you you need to take yourself seriously enough to do it and keep doing it. But I think it's when you, when you're, when you have those expectations of things should be happening or this should be happening and they're not, then you're like, well, I'm going to, I'm not going to do it anymore because I'm not getting the thing out of it that I want to get out of it. Mm. But if you do it without really attaching yourself to wanting, wanting to get anything out of it, I think you'll be the most fulfilled. Interesting. So it's almost a Zen thing where it's like, once you stop looking for the answer, you will find it. If you don't start, if you never start, you can never quit. Whoa. See, so that ties into the whole reason I started this podcast because I was 14 years in and I'm reevaluating my relationship with comedy. Like, is my happiness tied up in the fact that I am either a successful or unsuccessful comedian? How many comedians think of themselves as successful. Uh, what a common stereotype is it to reach a new level of achievement and then automatically, instead of enjoying that level, comparing yourself to the next level and getting ready for the next thing. And like, it's a, it's a very showbiz kind of trope, but I still find it to be true as ever these days. Yeah, I think the hardest thing is that, and I, I've read a bunch of these self-help books, and it's just part of it. Like that, if you can enjoy the work process, and I this kind of piggybacks off what Ben was saying. If you enjoy the work process and not the outcome, then you're always going to be successful. But it is hard uh, not Separate to get wrapped those. up into how long do I not have to have this job? Like when will I have enough money coming in to live the life the way I want? Um, why did this guy that walked into L.A. And he walked into the comedy store and he just had this great hair that they wanted for this part. And now he's everything. And mm. I've been grinding it for 17 years. And they're just going, maybe next year. Right. You know, there's so many comedians out there who are just doing the right thing, but just don't pop for any reason or another. Right. It could be an X factor. It could be the, the people who like you, like you because you remind them of their childhood best friend. Like it could be some <laughs> random contest that you win in comedy, which is a whole other ball of worms where it's like, uh, it's actually a can of worms. worms. Yeah. <laughs> well, it depends where you're from. Yeah. <laughs> is it? Ball of worms made me think of a slimier version of that 80s horror movie Critters. I don't know why. Well, you open a can of worms, what do you get? A ball of worms in there. Well, I mean, that's well, kind of yeah, how they, they yeah, call us. I guess. Uh, I, feel you, I feel you, though. Fair enough. Way to split yeah. worms. Yeah. <laughs> My parents got divorced. Whoop, whoop. But <laughs> who else? All right. But they shout but, out but, to broken homes. But I don't think like you know they got married like people that start comedy start comedy or do comedy do comedy. Hmm. So the idea of like um, so they didn't get married hoping to get on the Tonight Show is what you're saying. No, <laughs> no, they 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 thought were told that things last forever. So you do this thing once you figured it out, you don't have to figure it out anymore. And I think comedy is that thing where. You'd love to be able to crack the code and figure it out. And when you realize that you can't figure it out, that gives you the option to fucking get out of it because, well, if I'm not going to figure it out, then why would you do it? So, so I think. So if I'm not going to be the best, why bother? Yeah. So I think, okay. but I think if you come to terms with the fact that you're ne never going to be able to figure it out, but you'll still be able to find fucking things that are enjoyable about it, why not keep doing it? Because you're still going to have to find something else that occupies your time until you die. Ooh. Right. So why not? And comedy is a very special shape for someone to request in their life. I don't think everyone has that comedy shaped hole in their body that they have to fill. It's there's certainly <laughs> a certain type of person. Yeah. <laughs> right. A, a cylinder. Yeah. Interesting. A certain V V seven V V nine, an extra cylinder. Um, what is it like like do you feel like it's weird when you see younger comics come into the game and they're so full of fire and they're so sure that they're like I remember being in Miami being over five years in and seeing some brand new comics come in being like this is the second coming of comedy bro I got my friend videotaping my first set this is gonna be the change I'm the next Eddie Murphy I'm gonna fucking change the game like uh -huh. sometimes I 
Uh-huh. Sometimes it's weird to watch that because you know that person's going to change in like five years. Uh, but if they survive. If they survive it. But it's also sometimes <laughs> you can, I don't know, at those moments where you're kind of bitter <laughs> and that bitterness starts to come in. Sometimes that young person, you go, I remember that. Mm. That, that felt pretty good. The yeah. naive fire. The, oh, so good. Well, yeah, like I what think. What is that replaced with? A bitter understanding of the business? I don't think it's, I don't think either of them are factual. It's just how we start to perceive it. Hmm. Yeah, like it, it, it's interrupting nostalgia. The the joy of nostalgia with the uh, judgment of uh, uh, trying to be better. Like you're like, I'm not that anymore. That's not me. You know, so you reject it. Mm. You know, like I don't want like you, you went through that thing, so you don't want to experience that anymore. So you have to you have to compartmentalize that into a place where you can control it. So interesting, like that brings up the huge Maybe. issue of like outgrowing your set. Like if you're in comedy mm. long enough, <clears throat> a, a big thing that happens is you start getting a couple jokes that work. You hang on to those jokes because they work. And then all of a sudden you're a different person. And now you're trying to sell material that no longer represents you. Right. How do you deal with that conflict? I'm on Tinder, so I know that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, I'm putting pictures on Tinder that I still have, like, dark in my, my facial hair. <laughs> um, but I'm just trying to get laid, bro. You're a salt and pepper fella. I'm just trying to get laid. <laughs> just like me, yeah. Just trying um, to lay it out there. Welcome me into your home. <laughs> I'm, am, I, am I zooming Let out? Let me crash on your futon. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let me pet your cat. Is this comedy and sex or just comedy at this point or both? Or, I'm not sure. They're the same. Where's the line? Yeah. Where's the line? Some I'm, people get into comedy for the perceived rock star sex thing. Would you, would you, would you rather get canceled for your comedy or your sex? <laughs> oh. Damn. Well, how, how, how do you want to be canceled, bro? <laughs> I love the idea of like, we all realize we will all be canceled at some point. <laughs> it's inevitable at this point. Sure. Like that's the other thing that's really weird of just like you look at the growth of a person in comedy, like probably half of what you start doing at the beginning would clearly cancel you now. Ooh. And whatever you're doing now, if it will probably cancel you 10 years from now. That's it's called huge. the N-word paradox. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, I, I, dude, I, I get right. the joke, but I also understand right. this, like, starting No, at, we can't use the word no anymore? Is as that? a comedian in, like, the early 2000s, there was a certain type of comic, and Louis C.K., I think, was a big part of this, that tried to get away with saying the N-word in a, com- in a comedy bit and like earning that as some sort of achievement to be like, I was able to say the N word in comedy and I was not chased out of the room with forch, uh, porch, uh, what is it? Picks and forch, uh, torch, torch picks and forch oh. picks. Yeah. Pitch torques. Pitch there torques. you go. You understand. Me. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, but I think, I think the phenomenon of, of doing that thing, like it, it, it's like a symptom of doing comedy. Like you learn that you can push the limits. Ooh. So the limits that are pushed uh, keep being explored. And, and then you, you want like, like as comedians, we play to the back of the room. So I imagine him saying those words. He was actually like trying to get approval from his um, peers, his peers. Right. His peers that would validate his his uh fucking And I think thing. like ultimately you're if you're making a joke about a racial group that's risky, you're trying to get the approval of that racial group. Yeah, you must be Puerto that's Rican. That's the ultimate sign of <laughs> Right. And it, it's funny coming up in Miami like there was a certain like mishmash of like people would make jokes about all cultures because it was a big melting pot, but then coming to Denver, there was a serious disconnect there where all of a sudden like it's mostly white people and we have to take a whole different context into mm-hmm. into account. Yeah, white people. I mean, you all have traveled around through your comedy. Uh, I was waiting seasons. for you to go. You guys have traveled around various places in Denver, like, right? Like you white know. places, non-white places. Oh, right. I, I mean, have you found that like the comedy you do really has to reflect like the area you're in? And was that a hard lesson to learn, or no? Do you just do what you do, and they will accept it, or they won't? Oh, uh, you can eat it real hard. <laughs> Those are magical moments is where you decide at one point, like, this is not going well, and I'll either come back here, or what's going to happen when I leave the stage? Mm. Um, Physical safety and concern. Yeah. No, it's, well, there's an emotional roller coaster when you're eating it hard on a, like, hard. <laughs> like, not just like, oh, that joke didn't land. Okay, maybe something else is going to work. Oh, no, this isn't landing. I'm talking about, like, 
getting ready to walk out on stage and you're like, I think I'm having a panic attack and it's full. And then you're just frozen doing the jokes and you hear your own voice, but inside your head, you're going, this isn't working. How long have you been like this? Yeah. Not a good one. I'm not talking DMT. I'm talking, Oh man, (laughs) why? (laughs) Who is this asshole in my body saying these awful things that no one likes? Yeah. And I, I've only, I've had two, well, three really bad ones that I remember. And one was in New Jersey and I'd never performed in the East coast and when I went out there, uh, I was in Atlantic City, and I went out. It was full. Everyone was excited. And I didn't know how it was booked. I thought I was hosting, so I didn't really plan a lot first night. I was like, oh, I'll figure it out. And he goes, so you're doing 20 minutes, and then you'll do 10. And I was like, wait, what? I was like, I thought I was going to do like 10, 15. And he goes, no, you'll do 25 now. And I was like, now it's going wow. up? That's so now as host. I argue, I have to do more time? <laughs> right. And he goes, just go out. You're going to be fine. Be mostly clean. It's full. It's going to be great. <laughs> and I was like, what? And the guy that announced it, this was at the Tropicana in Atlantic City, and they just put on a recording. And it, it could not have been more like Valium, right? He just went... Now, everybody, give it up for A.J. Finney. <laughs> and I was like, what is happening? You shushed not them to sleep. my energy. All right. And I was, like, just working through my self-deprecating. The East Coast does not like that at all. Like, they just immediately find it to be a weakness, and they oh. just destroy you. And so I left. Thank God. I mean, the guy that went on crushed because of what I did. Um, did he make fun of you? No, no. Or he, he just embodied just like, a different personality? No, not even. They just went, we just sat through 25 minutes of sadness. We don't even know what's happening. <laughs> Someone say hello to us and we'll laugh. Wow. Like, I left the stage. And so I went, you did your job. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I did you my You set time. the headliner up for success. There you go. I wish it was the headliner. I set the feature up. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and the headliner was like, man. <laughs> Like, I've had some rough shows. And I was like, me too. And he goes, yeah, I know. I just watched it. <laughs> and when I, the, it's so weird when you go back and there's nobody in the green room. I walked back and I was still in the midst of panic. And I was just going, okay, well, maybe I, maybe no one knows. Like, maybe it's in here. <laughs> right. And you're trying to lie to yourself enough to continue breathing. And it's just the owner. <laughs> and he just went, what? I mean, that was, what happened? And I was like, what? I just, can you give me a minute? And he goes, that is not the video you sent me. And I was like, that's not the video I want anyone to be sick. Can you, Uh -uh. I just ate shit. And he goes, yeah, you ate a lot of shit on my stage. He goes, are you going to do that Ted talk all week? And I was like, man, can't you just shoot me? Like it would be better if you just physically harmed me Because that was the first night of what would be a weekend of shows, right? No, this is, this is Atlantic city. This was night. This was Monday. I'm going to be there until Sunday. Wow. And uh, that was the fullest the show got. And that's crazy because, yeah, I mean, you, you live in a world where, like, in comedy, to really know a comedian, you have to see them do a couple sets. And when you're dealing with bookers, they see one set, maybe a little thing of a video, and all of a sudden they get you as the human being you've grown into since that video. Yeah. And then there's the disconnect. Oh, yeah, there was disconnect, all right. <laughs> it was so bad. It was the worst. I think that was the first time I ever actually thought about quitting. Like, I've never really considered it much. Mm -hmm. I always thought, this is really dark. Uh, I always thought I would probably kill myself before I quit comedy. That's a very comedy thing. But in New Jersey, I was like, I think New Jersey might kill me before (laughs) I can buy a gun to do it myself. It's a race between New Jersey and yourself, (laughs) right. But I really was like, I, I, like, and I don't know, Ben, if you've ever had this. I don't know either. I'm, I'm hoping yeah. uh, it would make me feel. Ben's not, never maybe. doubted himself once in right. his life. <laughs> That's but, not true. But that, I've been, I, uh, just that moment. I where wasn't like, even sure to, to say that. <laughs> when you leave and you go, it's, I love the art form and I want to do it, but I hate feeling like that. And then, like, you have to go, I have to get up the next night just to wash some of that off. Uh-huh. You're only good as your last set. When, when you do things to avoid feelings, you paint yourself into a corner. Mm. So making people laugh to avoid the feeling of people not laughing, I think, will ultimately make you feel bad. Whoa. But if you can teach yourself to get horny from being choked... <laughs> 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 you cracked a code. <laughs> you can't assault me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I get it now. 
that's a little more. It's like it, it's like switch what you're desiring because if if you keep desiring the same thing, that sets you up for a trap of disappointment. Um, you got to remove that or or take that power down, so just you can do the thing, right? Like 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 until you can come to terms with the fact that your dick is a particular size and a particular hairiness. And the ratio of hair to dick length <laughs> isn't what you wanted it to oh. be. Was it? Is it always you gotta ratio? Just, you, you still got to figure it out. Hair to length. That's where I've been messing up. I've been going hair length to. That's girth. why people trim. People trim so they look longer. The optical inch or tighter. It, right. I've been going off the length times girth of the hair, and I think that's where I've been over-exaggerating. If you can take your penis and stretch it between your balls, split them, and touch your butthole. You're doing pretty good. So I think what you guys are saying is that the difference between getting a lot, a, a, <laughs> a lot of little laughs or a few really big laughs on comedy is what I think your girth to length there. Making um, people feel uncomfortable is sexy. Ooh, and then alleviating that comfort, hopefully discomfort. Um, <laughs> nope. Nope. Right. Hold on to it. There's but if you sit with it, have you ever had that, Ben? Like, have you ever had that moment where, like. It just, it's like, for some reason, it doesn't hit the way you want it. Or you've set yourself up for an expectation. And I guess at the end of the day, it's Always. all like the expectation that we don't hit. And that's why we feel a certain way, right? Hmm. So Comedy can so build weird. some false expectations. Right. So, and what I'm grasping from the aura that Ben is, a, is really I radiating. Didn't, I right didn't now. wear deodorant. That's what <laughs> I that, <it's>, uh, <laughs> Sorry, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Didn't know we'd be sitting it's, so close. Sorry. It's Sorry. a festival, back bro. Back row. You getting it down there, back row? <laughs> what were you saying? But so, Sorry, it what sounds were you like, saying? No, it's, it's actually <laughs> really cool because it's like, it sounds like you have to remind yourself constantly that the expectation is what? It's, a, it's just whatever you want to get out of it or don't even have the expectation, right? I mean... <laughs> you, you, you like we we all want to be accepted and have validation, and when you do something that reduces that acceptance or validation, you feel less than. But if you realize that everybody's just having these experiences, you can just like let those things be and do it again without having it be like piling up on your fucking ego and. Self-judgment where you're like, well, this keeps happening. I'm not worth it. Like, you didn't want to be born in the first place. So what are you fucking worried about? <laughs> oh, you, you won the lottery. Any of this. You won the lottery. Now you're worried about how you're spending the fucking money. Just fucking do it. Interesting. So you won the lottery by being fucking live in this Just being alive. world. Just being alive. And here you are trying to find ways to make sure you didn't, to, to convince yourself you didn't win. Yeah, because it's better to be a victim than a fucking hero when it comes to uh, how we're taught to live. Whoa. Lower the bar. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Remove remove expectations and judgment. Right. Not that those don't happen, but you don't have to try for those. Those right. will automatically happen. Let Let whatever you think matters not matter so you can keep doing what you're doing. Right. So instead of like... Wanting to be on the Conan O'Brien show, when you walk into the Lion's Lair, you have to go. Oh, this is Conan. Mm. Maybe, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, but yeah, or or just say like, doing this is as cool as Conan because you know the chances of you getting your dick sucked at the Lion's Lair are way better than doing Conan that night. <laughs> that night. <laughs> okay. Conan might yield fucking future blowjobs more than the lion's lair, but tonight is your night, bro. So the blowjob in your hand is worth more than two blowjobs in the fields, uh -huh. as they, with the bird saying. Absolutely. Right. I guess the old truism makes sense now. Mm -hmm. And you're trying to get it on the Andy Richter dictator. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one who gives them. Okay. Um, we love Andy Richter here. I love Conan. Um, what do you think that as, as kind of like comedians who have been around the block, you're veterans, you know, you've had your successes, you've had your downtimes. What is it that people don't understand about comedy? What is it about that new comedians aren't getting? 
And, you know, what do you think is the secret to kind of like navigating your way through this very weird fucking career? I, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I don't, if I had that answer, I mean, I, I think I'd, I don't even know. Like, I'd you don't probably, have to have the answer. Probably be like Tony Robbins. I'd be the Tony <laughs> Robbins for comics. I just have bigger hands. And Kyle Cease, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> right. He's doing uh, that. <laughs> That's very yeah. inside, but yeah. You know, if you can't, those who can't teach do, or what is it? Those who can't, <laughs> those do, who can't teach do. Te- those who can't do teach. Right. That's the old those, saying. It's like, <laughs> if you can't make it as a comic, drop out and start teaching young comics how to do comedy. You know, like that. there's a lot of pitfalls. There's a lot of uh, side little stations to end up in comedy on this weird road. Yeah. I mean, what do you feel? I mean, you're fucking survivors, like in a, in a world where it's like an 80% casualty rate. You know, I'm sure there's a like? lot of other scenarios where people have used the term survivors and they're going to be upset to hear you <laughs> refer to us as survivors. I have definitely encroached upon Did you have cancer? Serious. No, I just ate shit a lot a couple of times. People like just on, don't think I'm funny. What, oh, you ate shit at an open mic and that's like being having cancer? No, I ate shit in uh, New Jersey. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. I think white guys eat shit better than any other race. Oh, no! That, <laughs> well, see, that? that was an attempt at a joke. <laughs> I'm like, so how do you what was that was that self-deprecating or a racist? You know, like I do the bad it's thing aware. better. I think what's important. I think is being I do the bad thing better these days. That there is like a racial paradigm that we're living in, like comedy. What do you think about like? Because the old pitfalls of comedy, like comedy has gone through its phases. It was very cheesy in the 80s and very character driven. It was very observational in the 90s and very Seinfeld driven. Louis C.K. had that kind of like self-deprecating, my kids are pieces of shit thing. Uh You know, all of these comedians spark a thousand imitations, you know? And now we're heading to a, a world where your material cannot be imitated by another person because usually it's too personal. Because they've never seen you. Right. <laughs> nobody can imitate. <laughs> nobody can imitate you if they've never seen you do comedy. Because you suck. The I original don't leave my house. <laughs> I crush in the shower, and you'll never steal my bits. That's right. Why? I don't release them. Figured sure. it out. Yep. Yeah. Don't put it out there. And the Rick Moranis of stand-up. I just am judged. not doing it anymore. Damn. I'm leaving on top. You moved yourself from the business. Yeah. <laughs> Honey, I shrunk the bits. Yes! <laughs> Tighten it up. Tighten it up. punches you on a New York street corner 10 years later, and all of a sudden, your news. He got punched. Would you rather be Rick Moranis <laughs> in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids or... Spaceballs? Uh, definitely Spaceballs. Or, or uh, Matthew Broderick after hitting that person and killing them. <laughs> in <Whoa>. Ireland? <laughs> what would you rather be? <laughs> That's a deep meme. That he was a vehicular manslaughter. Yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, you know, call it a 50-50, but I'm going to have to go with the former than the latter. Would you rather be Vince Neil and co- all coked up and drunk when he killed that guy and wrecked that car, or be Vince Neil now? B-Festival Circuit Vince Neil. Okay. Okay. Newly cleansed uh, Mel Gibson version. Right. You just uh, somehow made it back to Hollywood. I don't know how it worked. You had some... Some shit happened, but here you are. I mean, I would I would rather be flea on laundry day <laughs> than, 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 Anthony, than Anthony Kiedis having to figure out how to pay rent. <laughs> Deep cut for the Red Hot Chili Peppers fans out there. And 100% makes sense. So please uh, listen to their discography and then re-listen to this podcast. Whew. Some heavy stuff, guys. I appreciate you like <laughs> coming with me on this journey because honestly, so many podcasts are like, "How'd you get started in comedy? How are you going to make it and be the next George Carlin?" Like, we're all going to be awesome. We're <laughs> all going to be, be friends at the top of the thing, and we're all going to be famous. It's not going to happen for everybody. <laughs> I do think it's weird, and I thank you. <laughs> Does that weigh on you more the longer you're in it? Or you, should, you should just call this podcast pep talk. Yeah. yeah. Depression cycle. With the Daniel best coach. <laughs> this is it. This is yeah. the end of the room. Yell this at me like Tiger Woods' dad yelled at him. <laughs> I'm going to tape a microphone to your hand to make sure you understand this from a young age. 
this is a show that is currently competing with the headlining show of this very festival with the effervescent Beth Stelling, who is un- undoubtedly giving far more entertainment value per second than we are here. But this is a perfect paradigm for this kind of podcast to live in. Why do you guys say it like that? Yeah. Pod I mean, last. that was a good idea. I mean, I'm sure that show's good, but, you know, did they record it? Mm, yes, with video. So yeah. if they didn't record it, did anyone see it? We've already discussed this. Yeah. Just it's safer in the shower. Did Best Stelling <laughs> sign a release to have the fucking recording fucking put out there? Ooh. I doubt it, too. She's got a fucking manager. Did you sign the release for this? <laughs> <laughs> I wish they could have seen Ben's face. What? Oh. Wait. Uh, Wait, we're streaming right now on Twitch, aren't we? There's a, uh, a camera in a very sensitive place on your body I'm not even going to tell you about. Bing bong. Okay. Well. I think the par- I think the paranoia around this subject, too, is like, I think anyone who's been doing comedy for probably... Seven years has seen someone get really good, something happen, and they're out, and then they end up in this circle of like, no, I'm getting ready to get back in it. Mm. I'm coming back. And you're like, cool. And they get back. They're still doing okay. And then they're gone. And they're just on this like, this constant back and forth. And then it gets in your head and you go, well, I can't get away for too long or I'm going to end up the guy that's trying to get mm. back in it. Mm. Or... I think the thing that the big fear in my head has always been like, this is the thing I I never want to hear is I used to be a comic, right? Like that sentence breaks my heart so much. I I talked to my therapist about that and he goes, well, what keeps you from ever being a comic? And I was like, I don't know. And then it was like three weeks and way too much money for him to go. (laughs) Oh, so you'll always be a comic. You just maybe won't always be doing comedy. And I was like, did I say that? Did I pay you to tell me that (laughs) $250 an hour for you to tell me that I might quit? I might quit this therapy session. (laughs) And he goes, well, we'll talk about that. Next. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, son of a bitch. You just just gave me the light. Once a sniper, always a sniper. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, you can't stop seeing those fucking domes be blasted open. (laughs) Talk about, like, and I'm going to use this as a perfect opportunity to pee because I, on the last podcast, chugged several White Claws. But the the comparisons to comedy and war are surprisingly common as far as like you're in a foxhole with these comics you're you're doing this thing with other people that makes you bond with them in such a quicker way than if you were in a normal friend or work relationship with them you're going through comedy you're taking fire from the audience you know why do you think that is such a kind of bond building relationship that is so significant to people even if they're shitty at comedy and aren't going to be comedians I gotta pee well, I think this is a good time to end the podcast. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what I would have done, but <laughs> but it's better when the host goes. I've got to. Yeah, go to I got to go. Yeah, what if he's like? Is he? You guys, you know, what if he's going poop? I yeah. don't know. <laughs> you guys take the wheel for a minute. <laughs> there is there, you 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 go you do the. We love life. And then, um, you know, life fucking shoots, shoots us in the foot and fucking makes us feel bad or, or fucking, uh, we do the wrong thing or we cheat on our wife or my um, wife is here, Ben. <laughs> I'm saying we cheat on our wife. Oh, our wife's not here. Just yeah, mine yeah, is. yeah. And you know, when you're doing something else other than what you're good at, that's a betrayal. And when you quit something that you're good at, that's a betrayal. And when you start something you shouldn't, that's a betrayal. We shouldn't fear betrayals. We should embrace them. And let them teach us all the things that they have to teach us. And if my daddy were here today, you bet your bottom dollar... That he would want me to stop doing what I'm doing and start doing what he he did because he's my daddy. And he came inside my mama. That was more beautiful than I thought it was going to be. Wow. 
If my daddy was here today. I only caught the end of that, but I'm I think that's all you, I needed. Right now, you are, like, <clears throat> much as we've talked about with comics being afraid to quit, you're going to be afraid to go to the bathroom oh. because you're going to think you're going to miss something oh. of that quality oh. when you go back and listen to that. <sighs> I'm going to cry when I hear the re-listen of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when okay. you edit it. Oh, my God. I'm excited for that. Too yeah, much. Oh, yeah. I'm going to edit it out and add it onto a B track. Mm. We're going to auto-tune it. It's going to be a hit single. I can hear Ben auto-tune. You bet your bottom dollar. So, in a meta perspective, is this a weird? Is this is this like kind of subjects? It's pretty weird. You two have been on many podcasts and many shows. Have you know like is breaching this stuff kind of uncomfortable or how do we feel? I mean, yeah. Okay, fair enough. That's Next weird. question. You're just, um, <laughs> you're just checking in. Okay. Yeah. I'm checking in with making sure I'm not, uh, you know. You you have to go back to, like, what brought you here? Like, were you getting in to try to become famous? Mm-hmm. Well, if that's, you're a fucking idiot. Like, I'm, <laughs> yeah. like what an idiot. Pretty much. Like, anytime I hear someone go, oh, it's going to be so good later on. Like, I'm going to make so much money, and then I'm just going to chill. Uh-huh. Oh, really? Because... You don't realize that once you start getting any type of success, the pressure is just worse. Because mm. now you've obtained something and your head's going, fuck, now I can't lose this. Right? And sometimes you even go, I wish no one knew me. I wish I was still doing jokes in the shower. <laughs> because like Frank Sinatra. Right? <laughs> because... Because there's no risk there. Like those, the pressure right. that you start to... I mean, I, and maybe it's just a thing that I have on myself, but the, the amount of pressure that you start to build on like, okay, I've, I've achieved this. So I obviously have to take a step up. And one thing that starts to look like I'm stepping down is the beginning of the slide. Right. And that's, I mean, it's just, it's a terrible thing. I'd like to think most people feel that way. Maybe it's just my neurotic behavior. Mm -hmm. And then you have people you talk to that do quit. And then you hear the ridiculous things they say. I had a, I had a friend who quit for a long time and We'd talk on the phone and I'd be like, yeah, you know, we're, everything's doing well. We're trying to build some stuff and, you know, figure out a house, this and that. And he goes, yeah, man, because it's weird how much money you make when you just don't do comedy anymore. And I was like, what, what does that mean though? Wow. And then I was like, does that make you happy? And he goes, I don't know about that. I'm just saying I, I live, I just live fine now. I'm not behind on rent. And I'm like, but I think about those struggles sometimes and how much fun those times were. I was like, I mean, Marciana, well, my wife, Ben and I's wife. He's married. Um, <laughs> we, uh, Thruple. She could tell you, like, when we first met, I was living in, like, an, an art hostel, kind of, with some other comics, Ooh. and uh, super fun, really rowdy Bare drunk. bones in it. And there were multiple times, uh, she was like, I think you have to move your, like I was moving my car around to hide it from the person that was coming to try to repo it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's just what it was. It's a wake up call. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You had to wake up early to move your car. It would be (laughs) literally (laughs) set my alarm. And I'm not talking New York. Like it's going to get towed. No, it's gone. (laughs) (laughs) But I sometimes, I hit a, a, a level of financial freedom recently. And then I, I just, I think back on those and I was like, man, the stories. Like the real life tangibility of that struggle, uh, I miss to some extent. Mm. If that if that makes sense. Sure. I, well, yeah. A big you wake know. up call for me was when I was one year into comedy in Tampa, Florida. I got a job working lights and sound at a, a B club called Side Splitters. And if you don't know what a B club is, it's where the headliners are kind of comics that are on their way up. Or on their way down. It's where egos go to check themselves. <laughs> yes. And I met someone who I talked to, just a chill comedian, and he said, you know what, man? I'm not trying to be the next big thing. I'm just trying to make a living. Yeah. And that blew my little baby comic mind, because I was like, you're not trying to be the next George Carlin? You're not trying to change people's brains and change the world with your comedy? And you're just... You know, and it showed my naivety at the time because, like, just making a living in comedy is fucking huge. And and it it's becomes, like, a benchmark that, like, as a baby comic, you don't realize, like, is almost bigger than becoming the next Kevin Hart or the comic that 
you know, is the biggest comic of the world right now, but is maybe because their work ethic and a whole bunch of other things and their castability and people argue whether you're even that funny and, you know, Uh there's that whole craziness at the top. But uh, it was a wake-up call to, you know, like Steve Martin, as soon as he got good at stand-up, he was like, I don't know where to go from here, let's get into acting and I'll escape stand-up through acting. And I was like, oh, that's a bad thing to do. You should have been a comic. But now I get it. I'm like, oh, yeah, you had a whole uh-huh. fucking career that you could explore now. And you got to get out of this crazy industry that wasn't even fully formed at that point And is still evolving and growing and how we use it, how we how we go to it, how we, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm asking here or telling you. Well, here, here's here, the future stand-up or what? Here's what I'm curious about. Would you rather? Yes. Um, would you rather be Woody Allen eating at Chipotle and getting food poisoning, or, or, um, a Bill Cosby? <laughs> Bill Cosby, um, actually, uh, eating in a restaurant of somebody he's about to roofie, but there's somebody else in the restaurant that starts choking, and he knows CPR, um. <laughs> so he actually saves that person's life. Who would you rather be? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, I mean, have you ever? Who would you rather be? I mean, seen the movie? straight up. But have you ever rather seen be the hero? He seems like a so good even nature. even knowing that we're all the devil, you'd, ra- you'd rather be the perceived hero. He's been he's done such horrible things that this one act of kindness is going to be that much more significant. He's not the worst person. No, no. Did you see? Did you see bananas? <laughs> All right, apologist. It's pretty good. Who? Bananas? Did you oh, see that Woody, Woody Allen. Allen. I don't know if you guys saw that documentary, but good lord, I mean, Allen vs. Pharaoh just came out on HBO Max a couple months ago. Yeah, yeah. blows a whole new perspective on his. It's the only. Lord, it's the only reason I got HBO Max. Oh, did you? Yeah, I just want to see that. You hear those. Those un, uh, Show me the truth those of Those recorded phone calls with him where you hear the real, not, um, I'm very, excuse me, I'm uh, nebishy. He's just like, they'll hear the truth. So it, uh, <laughs> They'll hear the fucking truth. He's a monster. Oh, God. Yeah, but awful. Wait, I'd like it, to revoke that it, enjoyment of bananas now on this yeah. podcast. Don't He's leading us all to a breadcrumb trail of horrificness. Wouldn't life be boring without monsters? Whoa. Whoa Do you think you could eradicate all the monsters And actually have an interesting life I think we could find interest in the Fun non CBD is not THC bro CBD is not THC <laughs> <laughs> I think if we're we need some to, paranoia and some fear if, if in this if motherfucker. If it's between having conversations we're gonna live. Between cheddar and Swiss Versus <laughs> like Should I kill people or should I rape people Like I think cheddar and Swiss has a bright future Wow I hope. Until Cheddar kills someone, and then... What if you're lactose intolerant? I, I'm sorry, I wasn't woke enough for that question. <laughs> I should have thought about all my uh, dietary needs restriction people. I mean, we're, I, I think comedians aren't the worst people, but we do tap into, and we go to the fucking... Uh, Cross the line. We go, the line. We, we go to the fucking sp- the, the babbling spring to get the water to share with the people. Um but we've usually dose at water. Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, we dose it with our own fucking Spiked juice, it. and and you know sometimes it's safe, sometimes it's dangerous. But we're the we're what brings you know one of the things that what brings it to people, and you know I think you know to quit the thing, to quit you know it's like to quit being a priest because you stop believing in God. That's okay, but to quit being a priest. Because you were convicted of molesting too many children. <laughs> well, that's the right thing to do. <laughs> Isn't it? I'm trying to relate that to comedy. Isn't it? Yeah, I, de- I, I just want it to go on record right now. I definitely we're do not want to quit home. comedy. We're in a funeral home. <laughs> I don't want that connected. <laughs> yes. Both of these guests are still bookable. Yeah. Please, you should, because they're at the top of their game. Uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> It seems like a weird time to say, and available for kids' parties. <laughs> Bar mitzvahs. Well, I, yeah, I mean, is it a sacred calling? And like, how does a comic know that they're really a comic and not just a douchebag who thinks they're a comic for the wrong reasons? I think that's an interpersonal question. It's like, there's definitely a moment. There's times where I've been like, I think I'm just being a douche right now. Mm. Like I've definitely had that in the the first wave of my drinking period. When I after I quit drinking, I was like, I think I'm just leading these drunks. 
Like all I was doing at the beginning was literally going, you get fucked up. I get fucked up. Hell yeah. And that was like 27 minutes, but I was killing, killing. And then when I stopped doing it, I was like, oh man, I should really go back to drinking. (laughs) I mean, that's a whole other paradigm of like the way comedians either get fucked up or don't, or some combination on stage to like fuel their persona or not, or, or like, how is your... Cheers to that. Cheers to that for the drankers. Um, have, I don't know why I grabbed my bottle of water. This is how uh, in, influential I am. I'm like, I'm I mean, definitely... I it's inevitable. I'd love if you yeah. guys could talk about Choose like gum. your Don't first yeah. cigarette. <laughs> I'd love if you guys could talk about like your first major turn as a comedian where like, you know, you, you do it a certain young amount of time and you think you're this comic, but it turns out you're actually maturing. You still have a ways to go and whether it has to do with what alcohol you're consuming or just what you're talking about. How, you know, finding that voice, as I say, people say you need 10 to 20 years to find your voice in comedy <laughs> is the conventional wisdom. The 10,000 hours Malcolm Gladwellian uh-huh. uh, paradigm that people insert. But of course, this is all bullshit because we're in a world where comedy is a very new art form and people look to what's been successful in the past as a guide. But of course, that's not a guide because that worked for them and not you because it's not fucking selling widgets. We're doing art here, which is a very personal and unique thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. like, how do you how do you reconcile that as, like, you guys are graduated, you're fully formed fucking adult-ass comedians who have been able to bend through those changes. How has that been? You're, like, the seventh person in four years to call me an adult, and it's it feels cool. <laughs> you're there, dude. It's, it's happening. Repetition. Yeah. And am I a Full- bummer? I... Scared to ask that. I've, I've broken answer that. I'm sorry, everyone. I just keep I keep spinning on this whole thing about when you were talking about a guy that was like, I just want to make a living as a comic. I think that's what you're. I mean, I don't know. I think that's what you're supposed to go for. Mm. You know, because when you think about it, we're all artists, right? If we look at ourselves as artists, how amazing is it if you're surviving off your art? That's huge. That should be the end goal, and then anything beyond that would be like a bonus. But we never, I think most of us never see that. Like we always think like, oh, we get here and it's, and maybe it's my addictive personality, but like when I get a little taste of something that's good, then I'm like, oh, I'll just look a little bit more. That's great. And I think a lot of people do that. There's always a... And now you're into the Grateful Dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it ends, everybody. It was the best addiction ever. I didn't realize I will never be able to buy all the albums. So every year I'm like, there's a new one. No, the album cover art changed. Holy shit. Can you go on the road? I gotta wait for this album to release. What happened to your manager? I had to get rid of her. She was taking too much of my dead album money. They were a fish fan. I had yes, to fucking end it. Fish fan. That's a great song. I do like the Grateful Dead. It's nine twenty. I gotta go smoke weed. Cool. We're we're get, we're rounding third base here at the old podcast. I oh that um, I, that, I was wondering. And you can round third. It's nine twenty. The mortician in here. I think we might be able to actually chief up inside. I'm not sure like if that's uh, accurate. No. Not even a. Big well, thing. no. I'm just. Oh, okay. uh, here you go, dude. No, out. I'm not wanting to smoke weed. I'm just wanting to leave. <laughs> <laughs> that is how I know I'm at the end of an episode. Is when I make my guests thoroughly uncomfortable that they're actually no, no, like, no, it's just there's a party. This is the last skin. night of the thing. You know? I yeah. love it when you were like, well, we are rounding third base, and I was like, well, there's that's... a speakeasy strip club down the block. I got to hit. Oh, <laughs> oh, I feel guilty and shameful. All right, um, Catholic. Right. I mean, that's Catholicism and Judaism have the main tie of guilt oh, between do. them. They're they basically the same religion with a couple different character changes. Yeah. Have you ever thought about quitting, Ben? Quitting what? You, if you already Just, die, why do you got to quit anything? Oh. Right. It's going to happen no matter what. Uh, why 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 use your why why use your false will to do some to stop something that you enjoy? Uh, why? Yeah. No. Why? I don't, why? I don't know. Why, why be like this? Isn't who I am. What I'm doing. 
I'm going to stop this because you're still going to have to start something again. So like, right. why, so why, why pursue why do something why other, do that? other than what brings you immense joy? Yeah. Well, yeah. You don't have to plan for the inevitable. Mm. It just happens. Well, do you think there's a difference? And I'm going to give you a, a backhanded compliment here that you two are very talented and funny people. Think of all the people who kind of just don't have the chops. How does the equation change when like either it would take too long for them to get good or they just don't have what it takes or whatnot? But who makes that decision? The I will audience. say because I've yeah, but have you ever seen someone turn? Mm, yeah. It is fucking amazing. Incredible. Like, I've seen it with co- some people like three years in where I'm like, who the fuck is getting that? Like that? What are you doing? But you can't say it because in the back of your head, they're like, there's something there. But will they hit it? Mm. Uh, there was a guy I was watching for a long time in Kansas City, just really all over the place. But I, you could see it. And if you ever connected they it, had it was going to hit. They had it somewhere. Yeah. And I've seen it, like that spark explode. And I'm like, if you could bottle that, watch it, understand what you did, mm. and somehow recreate it, it'd be amazing. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Love. Well, it's it love. Remi- love. It reminds love. me. It was the, the love that night. It's right? that simple, Recreate but it's that this. difficult. Because it's like, I, I remember talking to my stepdad one night in a, a fairly heated exchange. He's a stockbroker and doesn't quite understand art. Yeah. And he was basically just like trying to understand my career and how long I've been at it and why I haven't hit and being like, well, Dan, it seems like to me, you just have to say something that no one's ever said in a way that no one's ever said it. That's all you have to do. And I'm like, oh, is that all I have to do? Thanks. That's what all comedians are working towards slowly and toilessly fucking yeah. trying to get there. It's not a thing you just decide to do and it comes out tomorrow. Yeah. You know, like that's the, the kind of normie misunderstanding or some kind of like, if I was doing comedy, I'd just be incredible at it. Mm-hmm. Why don't you do that? Mm-hmm. You know, my younger brother mm-hmm. and he's my younger brother. Philip is one of the funniest people naturally. He doesn't know how to he doesn't know how to encapsulate it to ever take it to the stage. Mm. But I and I can't really. I think those are the funniest people on Earth, by the way, to, the people who don't bring it on stage no, and keep it perfectly situated in their so situation. They never have to quit comedy. Mm. Right. They're just do it. They that's, just let themselves that's be That's how comedy. they did it. They never got on stage. Don't start. Don't, don't quit. start. Don't yeah. quit. They never pursued it. They looked at the stage and were like, I know where that ends. Right. I'd rather make the people I love laugh and have yeah. great lives. But he said the weirdest thing to me one time and I don't, it was in one of my, I had a, a manic episode and I was working through some stuff and he just said, you know, um, TJ works at a grocery store. And I was like, okay. And he goes, and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. And I went, what? And he goes, he works at a grocery store. That's all he does. He doesn't have to do anything more. He's not pursuing anything else. He's happy. And there's nothing wrong with that. It took me years. I was like, when he told me that, I was like, yeah. I mean, if you just want to fucking give up. I mean, that's all you want to right. do. Right, you think you're it's gonna, a defeat Oh, look kind. at you. Oh, I'm so cool. What do you do? I fucking wash and move melons. Oh, you're crushing it, dude. Fuck off. And then after years of beating my head on the road, I was like, oh, man, he figured it out just earlier than I did. We're all just eventually going to be washing and moving melons. That's it. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're all just melon washers. We're just melon <laughs> If you're lucky. We're, we're well, all euphemism derogatory melon washers. Except for Gallagher, he Fuck, smashes them. Fucking apple eater. <laughs> apple eater. <laughs> Orange peeler. You peach slurper. Fucking citrus juicer. Oh, guilty. Guilty. <laughs> Sucking on a lemon white claw right now. But I think, that's, I think that's part of the weird drive that a lot of comics and performers have. They don't understand that basis of normal life. Mm. Like, I, I think that's what I might have been trying to get at in this long winded run mm-hmm. was my brother saw it. He goes, this guy has a job that seems just like a regular thing. And he, he's tried several times to drill it into my head that there's nothing wrong with it. But in the back of my head, I'm going, sure, there's still something I wish that I didn't feel that was like, yeah, but he gave up. He's not striving for manager. He's not right. trying to get no. This dude's make like, his way up and manage a fucking grocery store. I clean no, the that's fruit. not for everybody. Yeah, they're like, we could make you a manager and you'll make a lot more money. And he's just like, no, nah, man, I do this. I go home. 
I smoke weed. I'm fine. Right. If you drug test me, my life's over. I go if to a different grocery store. You find store. value in your right? life somewhere else. I'm out else. of Safeway. I'm going to Kroger. That's what happens. <laughs> yeah. Right? What's after that? I don't know. We didn't think that far ahead because, again, this is what I do. Just move the melons. But he's still avoiding death, right? Absolutely. Well, we're all avoiding death by so living. So I think that's what we're doing. We're all avoiding death. And what we choose to do choose to do to avoid death, we, we conflate that into dreams and hopes and creativity. Ooh. But it's just a way to fucking avoid death. Or wait while... while it's a very convenient way to avoid death. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. You got to convince yourself that you're like contributing to some artistic greater good and yeah, the yeah. narrative. You give of yourself like some value. people up via my art. Yeah. Yeah, this is why I mattered. Sure. We're going to be dead a lot longer than we're alive. That's we for don't sure. Fucking, we don't fucking matter. But we do. We never have. This is why. <laughs> <laughs> Slam Where, white would this clock. exist if we mattered? Station like, break right? to the We're just trying block. not to die. A fair interpretation. I should have asked that guy what he did. As I should have found the melon guy and asked him. I'm like, you know, my brother thinks that you're just good. And I bet he would have been like, no, dude, really, I'm on probation. And I just have to do this. Every time I grab a melon, I think about it. And I'm like, these are my kids that put me. I wanted to do something. You know, I wanted to travel and sell vacuum cleaners. I have ideas, but it's just fucking melons, man. And I tell people it's fine. It's not fine. Yes. It's not fine. Would you rather... <laughs> would you rather would you rather fix Hitler's toilet? Okay. Or <laughs> murder Einstein's dog. <laughs> wow. and they, I'm, I'm assuming there's an equal net positive good or bad. It's going to equal out in the universe. That's somehow. for you. You, you decide that. <laughs> Fuck, do I want to deal with Hitler's dukes? Do you, you want to kill do a want, puppy? Do you want to kill a puppy? I'm going to deal with the shit, dude. I'm going to tell you right around. now, though. I'll touch Hitler's dukins. Okay. But is it, you got to think about Hitler, though. Like, you know there's more than dukins in there, bro. Also, dukins <laughs> is a new word for me. Thank you. You're welcome. There's it's more like, in there. I mean, like there's German a lot Bitcoin. of things. There's <laughs> German Bitcoin. That was an original <laughs> NFT. I know how many dukins I got. How many dukins? Yeah. I don't think I'm ever quitting comedy, but I might quit That's podcasting. That's what I want to know. Quit. Okay, yeah. <laughs> this might be the impetus you need to quit podcasting. Uh, gentlemen, we're we're at the close here. Um, and I'd like to thank everyone who came out here on this uh, wonderful podcast. We are, you know, fully fledged the sea show of the night, which is understandable. It's a comedy festival. There's big headliners happening. Happening. And that's the nature of the biz, you know. You think you're a big fish? Oh, Maybe no, you're no, just not a us. We definitely fish. got roasted again. Yeah, Who knows? Quitting I am, I am thanking slash insulting my guests here. A lot of in people a way that are that... definitely not quitting performing uh -huh. now, but we were able to get these two sloughs. Yeah. Oh God, I'm, I'm an awful human. So, um, gentlemen, any any kind nope. of like. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Daniel, I have really actually enjoyed this. I want you to know that. So that I cuz I feel like if I don't tell you that you might try to wash melons tomorrow. <laughs> There's Fair nothing enough. wrong with it. There, my brother right. told me. A lot of times people my guests tell me it's cathartic for them to talk about this kind of stuff, but I think in this case um, it was more masochistic of me to put, <laughs> yeah. you, put you two very normal and happy confident comedians through like a gauntlet yeah, of doubt. Yeah, it, it was triggering, shaming, yeah. exciting, <laughs> all of them. A little horny? Yeah, of course. Good, good. Okay. Uh, you know any, me, dog. What's what are some final <laughs> thoughts can I get from you two wizards, you sages of I comedy for for the future after we're all long dead and people are digging up this podcast in a future <laughs> podcast archive. When it's been transferred to real to real. After stand up comedy has uh, become such a to. warped and bastardized version of what it has what it is for us right now. Just what is some, some general knowledge from your time on this earth that you can give the future comedy humans that are born in this world? I mean, isn't that what this podcast has been about? I think we've already done that. Okay? Like, listen. <laughs> He's getting Especially angry. somebody who gets into the thing. <laughs> so, I mean, Gulp. we're all here together. Let's make the best of it.
if you stop doing something that you like to once do, that's natural. And if you keep doing something that you once liked doing and you don't like it anymore, that's also natural. Whatever happens to you and whatever happens to me, you know, at the end of the day, we're all going to be better for knowing each other. And uh, I never broke up with anybody like this, but... Uh, <laughs> I still love you. I can't be in this relationship anymore. <laughs> it's not you. It's me. That's when you tie a bunch of bed sheets down from your fucking apartment to escape it, you know? And they wake up and you're like, no, I'm doing a bit here. <laughs> it's not you. It's me. Damn. That took a turn. Okay. Nice. So, uh, Ben Kronberg yep. and AJ Finney, I can't thank you enough for adding your fucking wisdom to this discussion <laughs> of stand-up comedy and its ins and outs of loves its hates. Yeah. Guys, thank you so much for thank being you. here. And being on this uh, therapeutic, hopefully for some, yeah. journey through comedy <sighs> and the weird way that com stand-up comedy intersects with human life. So true. Day three of a comedy festival. That's so when you want to get compassionate. So true. And now that we've broken down everyone and we all feel sad, let's go out there and enjoy the night, everybody. There's a couple <laughs> shows left. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, my name is Daniel Reskin. You can check this podcast out wherever that happens. Have a great night. They didn't quit. It's not just for people who've quit. Okay. I think that's becoming clear, hopefully.